morning, football world. What's up? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for working this podcast into your rotation. As always, really looking forward to this week's rendezvous with Jim Monas and a third guest locally here in Western New York. Still ironing out the details, but I was listening to Robert Mays' excellent podcast with Nate Tice over at The Athletic, and they did a quarterback draft, and you know how we operate. We usually don't like the Mount Rushmore season and the power rankings and the like. This was different. This was an incredibly good listen, and I encourage everybody to check it out because Robert and Nate are as good as it gets in analyzing pro football, and um, they basically just drafted the quarterbacks back and forth uh, with a guest. So we're going to do the same thing, uh, give credit where credit's due. I imagine it will be a little different. We'll, we'll set a different criteria, but be on the lookout for that later this week. Uh, we're going to do that at one of the Fatty Beer locations. So make sure you get on into a Fatty location near you if you live in Western New York, Hamburg, Orchard Park, Kenmore, Tonawanda, Rochester, downtown Buffalo, of course. They're all over the place. And, hey, if they've got some High Lie IPA from Cigar City Brewing, make sure you pick that up. We were just there in Tampa hanging out with Patrick Laird, who was exceptional. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that conversation, would encourage you to do so. He'll make you think, even if you don't agree on the concept of free will and his skepticism of it. Man, he'll, he'll definitely make you think. All right, so short podcast episode today. Wanted to touch on the Jimmy Garoppolo madness in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm not going to call it a nothing burger. I don't think that this is something that you just kind of roll your eyes at and say, oh, nothing to see here. A lot of teams have injury waivers and contracts. Um, the more you dig into, into it and read the people in the know, granted, Mike Florio, excellent over at Pro Football Talk. He's the first to point out the nitty-gritty in that contract, the fact that the Raiders kind of gave themselves an out here. If Jimmy Garoppolo hurts his foot, they can get rid of him without having to pay his guarantees. Um, Albert Breer, SI.com, did a really good job breaking down the contract as well. Just to kind of recap, in case you haven't been, you know, at the edge of your seat reading everything you can about Jimmy Garoppolo in May, which is probably most of America, I would hope, you know, better things to do over Memorial Day weekend than lose sleep over a quarterback who may win six or seven games this year in the AFC West, where there's also Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. More on that later. Okay, so what does this mean? Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his foot, I believe it was December, right? So failed his physical because of that left foot injury last December. And he didn't immediately get surgery to kind of leave the door open for a potential return with the 49ers. Remember, he was kind of thrown to the side in that NFC Championship game. Maybe he could have gone in the Super Bowl if he went with a couple extra weeks. Um, and it also gave him a clean slate with a new team. I remember San Francisco was in that really weird place with Jimmy Garoppolo, which there's a whole other story on how that team and that head coach has dealt with the quarterback position. It, it wasn't really a we're all in, we're all in this together deal the last two, three years with Jimmy Garoppolo since they took Trey Lance. Um, but, okay, here's the key line, as Albert points out, in the contract. 
quote, the club would not enter in, this is straight from the contract, the club would not enter into an NFL player con- contract with player, if not for that waiver. So everybody knew the deal here. The Raiders knew it. Garoppolo knew it. And he he's taking the risk that the foot will be okay. The Raiders are taking the risk of, okay, we, we know that this is a problem. We know you may not pass physicals as was the case, as we all saw. And if it is that metatarsal, we can move on from you without a financial hit. So what is that financial hit? The guarantees are a base salary of $22.5 million for this year and an $11.25 million roster bonus next March. So if he hurts that foot, the Raiders can cut him, and they're out of those guarantees. If it's anything else, they can't. So it's very specific to that foot. And now this, this is common, as many people have pointed out, in veteran contracts, not so common with starting quarterbacks. So that, that's where we can't just look at this as nothing. It is something. Um, th- this was the Raiders' choice at quarterback. As the music was playing and the game of musical chairs was kind of winding down, they didn't really have many options. And they went with a veteran that they believe is smart enough to run Josh McDaniels' complicated offense. I guess it's somewhat of a bridge quarterback. You're not winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo anytime soon. So this is somebody that just helps you bide your time to the next guy. I mean, you're not tanking. You still have Devontae Adams. You still decided to keep Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. You gave Max Crosby all that money before. Granted, there's not much else on defense, but there are some prideful, talented players on this roster. So I think that we do spend so much time at go along in print and here on the podcast this time of year. It's a, it's an easy trap to fall into. I'll admit it. You can get excited about teams. Hope is in the air. Um, we're straight out of free agency, straight out of the draft. By and large, everybody's healthy. We love what Atlanta's doing down there in the NFC South with all of that money to spend. Just got back from that Florida trip I've referenced a few times. And I'm telling you, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to be better than people think. I think they're going to win more than two, three games, which is where you see in some places they they have some prideful players on their roster too. So I think it's worth kind of touching on a team here and there that just makes you scratch your head. And for me, it's the Las Vegas Raiders because what are we doing here? What are we doing? I mean, this is a, a, you have to start with the head coach and what he's known for. And it's a very complicated offense that was run by Tom Brady. Oh, by the way, he just joined the Raiders ownership group. Hmm. Wonder what happens if Garoppolo, you know, hurts that foot at some point this season. And an owner of the team is just kind of in the building. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, McDaniels isn't really the most fun coach to play for, to put it lightly. I, I'm not the only person who has has heard this. I'm pulling up the story right now. So when I was down in Miami working on that Tua Tonga Viola series late last season, Josh McDaniel's name came up and this is from that story. 
in, in relation to people from that Belichick tree, right? How do the assistants fare when they try to bring everything that they learned from Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, to another team, another locker room, other meeting rooms? Does it transfer over? Um, you had Darius Slay with the Detroit Lions saying how he lost all respect for Matt Patricia in Detroit. Joe Judge had players check that. <laughs> Not just players. He had coaches running laps with players. Brian Flores uh, never really tried to develop, nurture, cultivate any sort of relationship with Tua Tunga Viola, and it all led to quite a scene in a locker room late in their final season together when they went at it. We detail that in the story. And Josh McDaniels, um, you hear stories like this where he just berates players for 20 minutes straight on the same play in a meeting. Quote, he just completely degrades you, one source told me. Quote, and breaks you down and thinks that's motivation that works. Um, hey, we don't want... We'll decry the soft generation, of course, and Generation Z and a thick skin matters. And I guess that's what they're trying to build. But you also have to realize it's a different athlete you're dealing with. Every single player is different. Doesn't seem like this is a coach who really understands that. You heard Devontae Adams and that excellent story that was in the ringer. Doesn't sound like a very happy, happy camper. I mean, he's only your most valuable, most highly paid player. And the best receivers in the NFL, absolutely top three, maybe the best. And he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any cheaper. Uh, Devontae Adams is 31 years old in December. How long do receivers stay at that elite level? That That's kind of when you start to see decline. Uh, look at some of the best to ever do it. I mean, geez, I, I feel like we were just talking about Julio Jones becoming a Tennessee Titan on this podcast and getting all excited about, oh my God, now you've got Derrick Henry in the run game and you add this weapon in the pass game and he's going to be in one-on-one coverage. Well, Leo Jones was only 32 years old and he had 31 catches in 10 games for 434 yards and one touchdown. And then he went to Tampa Bay at 33 years old and he had 24 catches for 299 yards. I'm not saying that's where Devontae Adams is going to go at 32. But I'm saying when the decline strikes at wide receiver, holy heck, it is a steep decline. So you think that they would want to maximize a window with the elite talent that that you do have, let alone in the division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And I get it. You're not one or two players away as the Las Vegas Raiders. You've got a lot of issues. But your answer is Jimmy Garoppolo. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He was in the best possible situation to succeed in San Francisco. Playmakers all around him. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. Later on, obviously, he didn't really play with him that much himself. But they always have had good backs coming through there. The best offensive line in football. The best left tackle in football in Trenton Williams. Uh, Kyle Shanahan basically telling you exactly what to do on every play. Look, he's tough, played through injuries. I'm not just going to sit here and rip him the the entire show because he went into Lambeau Field and and beat the Green Bay Packers, and it was Aaron Rodgers who looked terrible that day as the number one seed two years ago. 
I, I just think the Raiders, I mean, you're, you're fooling yourself. If you, if you think you're going to win with Jimmy Garoppolo, the closest that he's going to get to a Super Bowl was that throw to Emmanuel Sanders that was just a little too long against the Kansas City Chiefs. I could have won it. That's as close as he was going to get. And maybe this is their way of gently entering the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, right? Uh, do they start one and five, start trading off assets? Maybe. Do they start five and one and overachieve? Jimmy Garoppolo hurts his foot and they give Tom Brady a call. Well, for what it's worth, Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback in the know, he talks to the best ever. He, he could see Tom Brady playing in 2023 for the Raiders. Said, quote, there's nothing off the table. The, but this is a team in no man's land, really. I mean, make, make no mistake about it. There's There's really not a lot to get excited about if you're the Raiders. I'm sorry. There just isn't. Um, you know, we see it all the time. If if you don't really have sound, solid ownership with a plan, hiring smart football people, it's hard to have the trickle on down. And, you know, they just don't have that uh, at the very, very top with Mark Davis. When you're giving John Gruden that contract, uh, maybe, Maybe they have competent people in charge, and maybe it's just going to take a few years. But, man, he gave Chandler Jones all of that money. Max Crosby's worth the money. He's unbelievable. That That is something you absolutely can hang your hat on. But, I mean, there's really nothing around him, behind him. The corners, the safeties, it's a who's who when you really look at their depth chart. Uh, and then you, you, you just hope that Devontae Adams is going to be able to bail you out. I mean, you paid for Jacoby Myers. Overpaid for him. See what the plan is with Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the NFL. But I don't know. I mean, I guess him and Adams are good enough to maybe help you hover around 500. I think that the the Raiders, this is the bed they made with Jimmy Garoppolo with this foot injury and needing to put all of this language into the amendum to cover themselves. It didn't have to be this way, though. Right. It's not, it's not like this was their one and only option. You're seeing creativity around the NFL. I wrote about it last week with the Washington Commanders. I mean, yeah, outside looking at what the hell they do. Sam Howell, you believe in Sam Howell? Well, as we kind of wrote, this is a really good roster, <laughs> unlike the Raiders roster. And you've got an opportunity with a fifth round quarterback to, to see. I mean, even if it's a 20, 25% chance of, of working out, hey, that's worth it. He's a tough inside runner. Throws a pretty deep ball. He's got talent all around him. You've got Jacoby Brissett as your backup. You know what he is? Hell, I, I at least that's a plan. At least you know going in, okay, like how's the QB1? We'll see how he fares in training camp. September, if needed, we can go back to the guy who's already started a bunch of games. And we'll we'll bridge to somebody else, but but right now at, at least you're taking a, somewhat of a flyer. That's a young quarterback who's a mystery and unknown. I, I I like that. Give me a little bit of mystery at quarterback, and give give me these teams that are willing to try something different. The Atlanta Falcons essentially doing the same thing and then some with third rounder Desmond Ritter. 
John Robinson, Chris Lindstrom with his big contract. You've got Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. You sign a deep threat in Scotty Miller. Defensively, Clayus Campbell sitting down with the GM and the head coach, watching film of Desmond Ritter, and they're selling him on, we believe in this guy, and here is why. He chooses Atlanta. Jesse Bates chooses Atlanta. There's a plan. They're, 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 they're solid ownership in Arthur Blank. It trickles down to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. And I, I would take that plan over the Raiders right now. Even the Giants. It's a contract that made people do a double take initially. Well, when you really get deeper into Daniel Jones's contract, it's for two years. The Giants can get out of it at that point, and it's worth it. It's worth paying him that much money because you're not just paying Daniel Jones that money. You're investing in one of, if not the best offensive mind in football, and Brian Dable. A good thing, potentially becoming great. I think that this is... There's Edmund barking outside. We're doing this podcast outside, so sorry about that, folks. Maybe he doesn't like Atlanta's plan. Come on, Ed. Anyways, I think that's going to do it. Um, I'm going to ask Jim about this, too. I'm eager to see what he thinks, and... Chances are Jimmy Garoppolo won't be selected very high in the quarterback draft. And I think that this is this is a podcast that's going to be worth tuning into because as we launched Go Along With, yes, Jim Monas was in those draft meetings with Doug Whaley, with owner Terry Pagula, an owner who wanted Patrick Mahomes, who knew Patrick Mahomes could be a star epic proportions way back to October before that year's draft. And they just couldn't make that leap with him. Sean McDermott, the head coach, didn't want to play, start a rookie quarterback. They trade down, get Tredavious White, get the extra first. One hell of a consolation prize in Josh Allen. They've got a team that can absolutely win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen. I think that kind of drafting these quarterbacks, in a sense, will give us proper perspective on maybe how that all went down. And Jim can shed a little bit more light on what it was like behind the scenes. And just what makes Mahomes special, what makes Allen special. What will it take for Allen to steal a Super Bowl from Mahomes? Are, are we looking at a Michael Jordan? And everybody else is Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, Gary Payton, Charles Barkley. You know, it's going to take Patrick Mahomes uh, choosing to play baseball a couple years for Hakeem Olajuwon to win a couple rings. I don't know. That comparison, it might be spot on because the guy's special. He just won a Super Bowl on one good leg. But, all right, it's going to be a lot of fun. And thank you so much for subscribing to GoLongTD.com. Your support, solely your support, is what allows us to keep the lights on and keep growing bigger than we've ever been. Thank you so much. Really working on some season preview stories already. Cannot wait to share those with you. Stuff from Tampa, stuff from Jacksonville. I will be in Detroit next week doing some Lions reporting. And, of course, as always, we know we've got a ton of Bills, Packers, Bengals, Giants folks who listen to the podcast. You can expect stories. All the above. All right. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later this week.